following sermon was delivered at the 1030 worship service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. Well, today we are continuing our October worship series, a series exploring for these five weeks, these five Sundays in October this year, five essential practices that reconnect us with God and with each other. These are the practices that shape our discipleship journey, that center our lives in loving God and loving our neighbors. They are practices that have helped Jesus' followers in the past and will help us today to grow into the fuller life that God intends for each of us and for all of us. Last Sunday, we began this series with the practice of worship and set goals for worshiping in the coming year, both as individuals and together. Worship, we said, is our practice of giving attention to God, and so I am inviting each of us to commit to doing so in the coming year in two ways, both individually and together. First, by praying five times each day, listening and expressing thanks, and then by getting an A in worship attendance, that is 90%, worshiping together with the gathered community at least 47 out of 52 Sundays. Well, now today we are turning to our second practice, turning from worship to study, reconnecting with God and with each other by prayerfully searching the scriptures and otherwise by learning or growing together in community. And if you need to be reminded of these goals that we're setting throughout this series, you can find commitment cards on the back table. Many of you may have received those in the mail. They're also available for you on our website. But let's begin this morning with study and with scripture. I invite you to consider the role of our scriptures in your life. How has scripture shaped you, formed you, taken root in you and grown? I brought with me this morning a a small pile of, of Bibles that live in my office. Each of them entered my life at a different time in my life, at a different season of my life, at a different stage in my discipleship journey. I have with me this morning the the Bible that I purchased from my hometown bookstore. I think I was maybe in the third grade. It's it's in the King James Version. I think that means maybe I was a rather serious child. I'm not sure. But I I remember I paid a little extra also to have my name embossed here on the cover. And you you can still read it there. I have also the Bible that I received as a gift from my hometown church when I was a sixth grader, when I confirmed my faith. This was the confirmation gift that each of us uh, received was this version of a study Bible. I have also the Bibles that I used during college and and during the seminary as I started to study the Bible more deeply and in a more sort of academic way. I have also the Bible that I'm using now with our Covenant Bible Study group, the class, and, and I'm getting the chance to learn from the wisdom of others, this covenant uh, Bible study, this common English Bible uh, study Bible that's a gift uh, to me as well. I have also back uh, on the seats there where I sit during the worship services, the Bible that I carry with me most often. I carry it with me almost everywhere and certainly into every worship service every week. Each of those Bibles with me this day, they represent these different stages or seasons of faith. Scripture has touched and and shaped and impacted my life, encouraged me and and challenged me and grown me immensely, but also variably throughout my life. Looking through these different Bibles and, and considering them all together provides a tangible reminder for me that our scriptures are indeed a living word, a living word speaking to us differently in different moments in our lives. And yet in every season, at every stage in life situation, they have the power to transform us. So it was for Jesus 
and so it is for us who would follow him. Recall from Jesus' story, for example, the very beginning of his ministry, according to three of our four Gospels, his baptism, and then the trip into the wilderness. As the Gospel of Matthew tells the story, the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness so that the devil might tempt him. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus replied, It is written, it is written, that is, in scripture, it is written, people won't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. You see, in this moment of difficulty, in this wilderness experience at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, isolated, tempted, starving, Jesus recalls words from scripture. Those words, specifically here from Deuteronomy 8.3, they are words that had been planted in him, and so Jesus draws on them to give him strength. In the second and third temptations in the wilderness, Jesus will again quote from Deuteronomy, and later on in his life, in fact, throughout his ministry, both in his teachings and in times of great challenge, he will quote from Scripture, and he will reinterpret Scripture over and over again and again and again. From the cross, you might recall, he cries out the opening words of Psalm 22, saying, My God, my God, why have you left me or abandoned me or forsaken me? Throughout his whole life, even to his death, words of scripture are on Jesus' lips because they have been planted in his heart. Each of us, of course, has moments in our lives that are hard. And if we are rooted in scripture as Jesus was, if it is planted in us, not necessarily memorized word for word, but if it's, if it's living in us, Scripture's stories, Scripture's love, then we too can draw from that deep well of love in our difficult seasons. Recalling those sacred stories can bring us peace, a sense of belonging, a sense of home, being familiar with our Scripture's overarching sweep, this grand, huge story of God's love affair with creation offers us a lens through which to perceive our lives and the world. It has been said that we become like those with whom we spend time. And so my encouragement for each of us in the coming year is to spend time in Scripture. Allow Scripture to seep into you, to, to shape and to change you. James 1.22 says that, if, that we must be doers of the word and, and not only hearers of it, we must put it into practice in our lives. Second Timothy 3 says that scripture is inspired by God. Inspired means breathed, that scripture is breathed by God with power to teach and correct and train our character so that we can be equipped to do everything that is good. And so in this coming year, I hope that you will make time for scripture to enter your life more deeply. Find a method, find a rhythm that works for you. I'm encouraging each of us to set a goal to read scripture, to study by ourselves at least five days every week. You can read a psalm every morning or before you go to bed. You can read straight through a gospel, one of the stories of Jesus' life, a, a chapter at a time. You can use a devotional resource. I'd be more than happy to recommend one to you if you don't already have one or know where to begin. Or you can read the lessons during the week ahead that we'll be reading together on Sunday. 
both as a way to spend time in scripture and also to prepare to be more fully present with God's presence in our worship together. We publish what those lessons will be in our monthly newsletters and again in those weekly emails that go out every Wednesday morning. Whatever method you choose, I hope that you'll choose one, that you'll commit to it. The goal is to give intentional time to scripture at least five days every week and in so doing, to grab hold of God's grace that is active in our scriptures, a grace that has already grabbed hold of us. If we want our scriptures to be relevant and impactful and transformative in us, then we'll need to keep them with us. Psalm 119 says, I love your instruction. I think about it constantly. Psalm 1 encourages us to recite or to meditate on God's instruction both day and night. Our scriptures are something we immerse ourselves in. And as we do so, we'll find that they are accessible, but they are also living. That is, not static. And so we don't read them just to know more, to get more information. We read them to be transformed into the image of Christ. The Bible is not a history book. The Bible is not a science book. The Bible is not a self-help book. And the Bible is not a rule book. And in fact, when we try to read our scriptures in one of those ways, we'll have a tendency to misuse it, to cause harm with it even, as we have done repeatedly throughout our church history. Manipulating scripture to support practices of, of racism and misogyny and heterosexism and exploitation of creation, for example, communicating through scripture messages of exclusion and hate instead of connection and love. No, friends, scripture is so much more than a tool to be used to bolster our arguments. Scripture is an invitation to active imagination and then faithful response. Even along the way, much prayerful wrestling. For it is an inspired and an inspiring story, a story that is still being told through your life and through our life together as God continues to breathe not only through scripture, but through us. In our Methodist tradition, of course, we have a tool to help us, a method for wrestling with our scriptures as we prayerfully and thoughtfully and carefully interpret and respond to it. The Wesleyan quadrilateral reminds us that we don't study scripture in a vacuum, but as part of an ongoing conversation, a conversation that includes the long arc of our tradition and our own and others' reason and critical thought and our own and others' lived experiences. All these things, each of them, tradition, reason, and experience, each are essential as we listen for God's still speaking voice through our scriptures. They can be helpful tools also for listening for God's still speaking voice elsewhere, beyond our scriptures too. For God doesn't speak to us only through scripture. Psalm 19 that we read this morning says that creation itself speaks in God's voice. All sorts of other writings too, and artwork, and music, and our own lives, and the lives of folks around us. And so as we recommit this year to this practice of study, let us not just open ourselves to scripture, let us open ourselves to other ways of learning and growing too. For example, other reading, and specifically reading books that challenge you, books that stretch and grow you, that are written from perspectives that have long been sidelined, or that are written by authors, with lived experiences very different from your own. 
Especially right now in this rather strange cultural moment when some folks are afraid to encounter different perspectives. When challenges to ban books from our public libraries and public schools are spiking, reading banned books, opening ourselves to hearing God's voice speaking through stories that are new to us, reading banned books can in fact be an act of our discipleship. So let's study scripture in the coming year, but not only, not only scripture. Study all sorts of books and the created world. Study your own experiences and those of your neighbors. Listen attentively to as many different voices as possible. Approach the world with curiosity and wonder instead of being closed up with judgment and fear. And do so especially in conversation with others. Because the truth is, of course, that God doesn't just speak to us through the scriptures and through the world. God speaks to all of us. Back to the story of the beginning of Jesus' ministry, notice that that's exactly what he does. After leaving the wilderness, he goes and he finds a community that can learn and grow together. Studying doesn't just connect us with God, it connects us with each other. At the beginning of our Methodist movement, John Wesley required, required, that everyone participate in a small group as the primary gathering of Jesus' followers, not the Sunday morning worship service, but the weekly gathering in small groups. Classes were one type of small groups, groups of 12 individuals committed to connecting, to meeting weekly, to build relationships, to study together, to serve actively in their community. They inspired and encouraged each other and held one another accountable as they continued to grow along the way. Small groups are fundamental then to our method and they are essential to living our mission. They can feel intimidating for us at first, even just making the time for, uh, for them can feel like a huge, huge, insurmountable barrier. But they also have the power to change our lives. For when we connect with others, we open to God's word, a word speaking through our scriptures, speaking through whatever else we're studying, and speaking through our lives. This past week, we published on our church website, and we have print versions available also this morning, a small group ministries interest form. The goal that I'm encouraging each of us to set for studying together in the upcoming year is to participate in a small group of some sort. It can be a, a short-term study, or if we're ready for it, an ongoing small group for study and for service in our neighborhood. That interest form, there are copies on the back table, take one with you, please. That interest form will help us to get a sense of what you're ready for, where you are in your journey, so that we can equip and support you in this upcoming year. Whether short-term Bible studies or longer-term Bible studies or, or topic-based studies or, or small groups built around advocacy and justice ministries, Please take a moment today or later this week to complete that form online or on paper. If you complete it on paper, there's a, a basket in the atrium where you can return it. Return it to us so that we can continue to grow together. As individuals in this upcoming year, let's recommit to reading scripture at least five days every week. And then together with the community of faith, let's commit to participating in short-term classes or Bible studies, or if we're ready for it, in an ongoing small group. Pray about it, what your commitment will be. Open yourself to where God is leading you and come and talk to me about it too. I am always excited and eager to listen with you to where God is calling you as together we continue reconnecting with God and with each other. Thanks be to God. 
Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kentmethodist.org.